Okay, we are in Sefer Divrei Hayamim, Sefer Aleph, Perik Yud, Pasuk Aleph, Uplishim Nilchamu B'Yisrael. And mercifully, we are out of those nine prakim of straight genealogy, and we're going back to action, and I mean action-packed stories and narratives from Malachi and Shmuel. So we stopped yesterday with a genealogy of King Shaul, the first king of Israel. Now we're going to go straight from there into virtually the last hours of his life. That's what Divrei Hayomim is going straight flash forward. There are no stories of his ascension. There are no stories of his early battles with the Philistines. There are no stories with his murderous attempt uh, against David. There are no dramas with Shmuel. It is straight to a climactic battle with the Philistines on Har HaGilboa, where he and his three sons are going to lose their lives. So, and of course, you could say the reason for this flash-forwarding is to get to David. Now you, after this, Perek Yud Olive, you are in David's life, and that will be in much greater detail. But here, remember the Plishtim were a centuries-old adversary of Bnei Yisrael. They were thorn in its sides. There were battles virtually every year. Now the Plishtim have gathered for a climactic battle on the Mount of Gilboa. That's in the central Galilee, as it were. And the question is, what does Shaul do? So to give you the background, which is not in the Perik itself, Shmuel has died. His mentor is gone. What Shaul does is try to consult the Urim Vitumim, that breastplate of the Kohen Gadol, to see his chances of victory, etc., and what the future holds. But the Urim Vitumim is silent. Do not give him an answer. And the reason they don't give him an answer, or one of the reasons, is he massacred the city of Nov, which was all Kohanim. He killed off every Kohen in Nov. So it was a great sin of Shaul, and he certainly isn't going to get an answer for Urim Vitumim. So now he is desperate. He dresses himself in a disguise, and he goes to a woman who is an ove. An ove, as the Torah described, would be a necromancer, someone who communicates with the dead. A terrible Esor from the Torah. You are not allowed to do that. He goes there and he asks the woman to bring up, raise the spirit of Shmuel. He has to speak to Shmuel. And she does it. That too is a very serious issue. So Shmuel tells him that yes, you are going to die tomorrow. And your three sons are going to die tomorrow in the battle of Har Gilboa. And you have a way out, and that is if you flee from there, you don't show up, you will live to fight another day. But if you go there, 
you will certainly be killed. Shaul decides he is fighting it through. He is doing what he has to do. And so the battle is joined at Har Gilboa. And let's pick it up from there in Pesach Aleph. Uplishkim nilchamu Israel. The Philistines are fighting Israel. Vayonos ish Yisrael mipnei And the soldiers of Bnei Yisrael flee before the Plishtim. Vayiplu chalolim bahar Gilboa. And the mountain and slopes of Har Gilboa are littered with the bodies of B'nai Yisrael soldiers. The Gemara in Sota says that when an army starts to run, to flee, you know that's the end of the battle. And that's what this is here. Vayidbaku plishtim acharei shol, bono. And now the plishtim start looking for Shaul and his sons. Where are they? Vayaku plishtim es yonasan, vesavinodav, and they kill those three sons of Shaul. Um, there are more sons. I think there are at least three more sons that Shaul has, but they were not at the battle. And now they're closing in on Shaul. Interesting. Now he is in the sights of their archers. The Philistines were tremendous bow and arrow soldiers, and they've got him in their sights. He fears the archers, and for very good reason. He fears them because they are at a distance that his armory, his weaponry cannot reach. They are far out of his reach, and two, he knows if they wound him, if they get him, most likely on the initial impact, he will be wounded. If he is wounded, these Plishkin, who are famous for looting, mutilating, desecrating bodies, parading the bodies, they've got the Melech Yisrael there. They are going to carry his body around. They are going to desecrate his body. And he, it would be a bizayon, not only to him, but to the nation of Israel. And so, Vayomer Shaul el Nosei Kalev, and he says to his arms bearer, Shlof Harbecha Bidor Krani Ba, Penya Voharilim Haelev is Halubi, the low of Onosei Kalev, Kiorema Ode. So he tells his arm bearer, Okay, kill me with your sword, because if they capture me, it will be a terrible bizayon. They will take my body parade it around, and run your sword through me. And the arms bearer refuses. Um, he's terrified. He's dealing with an anointed king of Israel. And they're asking him, or he's asking him to kill him. He will not do it. Uh, and Shaul takes his sword and plunges it into his innards and falls upon it. Vayarno love his arms bearer sees this, ki all that Shaul has died. And he too falls on his sword and dies. 
So now, and Shaul and his three sons die, and his household dies with him. And now the soldiers who had fled down Harbulboa into the valley, they see this. They now abandon their cities, their encampments, by Yonusu, they flee, by Yavo, Plishkin, by Yashu, And the Plishkin come in and occupy their cities, their towns, their tent campments. By Yehimi Mocharas, and now the next day, by Yavo, Plishkin, Lafshe, Eshachalolim. The Plishkin come back to Har Hagilboa, Lafshade. Lafshade could mean to strip in one hand or to loot as hachalol in the bodies. By And they find the bodies of Shaul and his three sons lying on Har Gilboa. By Yafshitu, they strip the body. By Yosu as Roshov as Caleb, they dismember him. They they desecrate the body, they mutilate the body, because this was the way of the Plishtim, Shaul knew it. And so they take his head, his armaments, and now they parade it around. These are war trophies that they glory in, the Vaser to let the people of the Plishtim know, as rest of the rest of B'nai Yisrael, that's Ha'am, what has happened to their leader. And they put their kalim in the house of Avodah Zorah. And they take Saul's head, Gilgolo, his skull, and they put it in the house of Dagon. Dagon is the premier deity of Avodah Zorah of the Plishtim. And it has a symmetry to it because if you will remember the Plishtim hundreds of years before had captured the Ark of the Covenant, brought it to their temple, Dagon, put it beside Dagon, and behold, the next morning, the head of Dagon has been severed and is lying at the feet of the Aaron. So there's a certain poetic symmetry, as it were, to this. And now the town of Yovesh Gilad hears of this. Yovesh Gilad is a city by owned by the uh, inhabited by half of Chatzishevet Menashe on the other side of the Jordan. It's a remote, distant city. And they hear what they've done to Shaul. And every soldier in um, that city rises up. They go into the temple of Jogon stealthily and they take out as Gufa Shaul, as Gufas Bonov, by Yovim Yevesha, by Yikrevuas at Smoseim, Tachas Ha'ela, by Yovesh, by Yatsumu Shivas Yamin. They take the three corpses, uh, four corpses, bring it back to Yovesh Gilad and um, bury it under the trees. And they sit shiva by Yatsumu and fast shivas yomim. This may be one of the origins where we get the concept of shiva 
question is, what does Yahweh's Gilad, that remote city on the other bank of the Jordan, have to do with this? What would motivate them? And for that, you go back and you see what a tremendous act of Hakoras Hatol it was. When Shaul first reigns, and Shaul's going to reign only two years, at the very beginning of his reign, these people of Yavesh Gilad are threatened by the Ammonites and an evil, sadistic, venal ruler named Nachash, aptly, like a snake. And they're surrounded. And they sue for peace, the people of Yavesh Gilad. And Nachash says, fine, but what I want uh, in reciprocity for peace is every able-bodied man remove his right eye mutilate his body and take out his right eye. And so they say, give us seven days to think about it. And so they send word to Shaul, the dilemma they're in. Shaul comes, surrounds the city, defeats Nachash and the Ammonim. And from that day on, they have a tremendous debt of gratitude. And this is how they repay him. They repay him by redeeming and taking his body under great risk to themselves and seeing that he gets a proper burial. And Saul dies by his sins. And also for seeking out an oath, a necromancer, a big love in the Torah. But they do not mention the other sins, and there were many. We know that Shaul sinned with the fact that he um, killed his people in the city of Nov, the Kohanim. We know Saul's a big sin that he didn't wait for Shmuel at the place the Korbanos. He starts without him. We know that Saul sins by letting Agag live, uh, the king of the Amalekites, contrary to Shmuel's order. Uh, and we know there were other sins, and here is a sin you can legitimately ask about. Didn't he commit suicide? And that's a terrible Avera Medea Raisa. How do you justify Shaul committing suicide? And the answer is there are several justifications. For one, he has been told by the Navi he's going to die. It's a certainty. Theoretically, in that case, you can take your own life. Two, he sees that if they parade his body around, it's going to antagonize the people of Israel. They're going to battle the Plishtim again and only lose more men so that they are in danger of dying. If someone else is in danger of dying because of your action or inaction, you can supposedly commit suicide. But they did that anyway. They cut off his head, right, right. hung it up on the... Uh, it's a futile gesture. Yeah. Right. But there, there are justifications, several of them. Those are the basic ones that justify his uh, suicide. The Lodorash Bashem, and instead of seeking the, the of, uh, he, 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 he does the necromancy. But in truth, if you want to be totally fair to Shaul, he does try to seek Hashem. He does try to go to the Av Yidoni. Um, he tries to get, I'm sorry, to the uh, Urim Batumim. He tries to get the guidance. 
and now we get to the point Divrei Hayamim wants to get the Malchus, the Malchus passes to David ben Yishai, and we will begin the glorious, splendid reign of David HaMelech in Yitzh Hashem, 8.45 tomorrow morning. Be there, you will not want to miss it. Ad Khan.